You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Tuesday to you. We've got a lot to talk about here today on the podcast per usual. We'll start off by covering the decision the Buffalo Bills made regarding the fifth-year option on the contracts of Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen, and then we'll cover the rest of the Buffalo Bills 2021 draft picks, Damar Hamlin, Richard Wild Goose, and Jack Anderson, and then I'll close out the podcast by giving you my final thoughts on the Bills' 2021 NFL Draft class. My final thoughts in terms of what they were able to accomplish, what the themes were, what um, they actually added to the roster. Not necessarily tying a ribbon on everything I have to say about the 2021 NFL Draft because we are going to incorporate that a lot into our discussion over the next several days. So let's start with this fifth-year option decision that the Bills had to make on Monday regarding Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, they opted to pick up both of these fifth-year options. What this means is that Josh Allen has a fully guaranteed $23.1 million salary in 2022, and Tremaine Edmonds has a fully guaranteed $12.8 million salary in 2022. That is $35.9 million in hard cap commitments to both Edmonds and Allen combined for the 2022 season. And so when you pick up the fifth-year option, it fully guarantees the fourth year and the fifth year of their contract. And so it's a pretty large chunk of change to commit to both of those players, but obviously the Bills still believe in both of them, as they should, and they will be around through at least 2022. Now, obviously the Objective here should be extensions for both of these players. And if they are able to do that, things can change a little bit in 2022, although the Bills are on the hook for that much cash, that much salary when it comes to both of those players combined. So the Bills are still in on Allen and Edmonds to the surprise of absolutely nobody. One other quick side note as we close our discussion on the fifth-year options is that the Bills are pretty tight when it comes to salary cap space projected for 2022. Now, I know it's early, a lot can change, but as of this moment, OverTheCap.com has the Bills with $4 million in cap space, and SpotRack has the Bills with $1.5 million in cap space. So I know that a lot's going to change, but probably not that much when it comes to available salary cap space, and the Bills are going to be pretty tight with the cap entering next offseason. Let's talk about these Buffalo Bills draft picks that we haven't discussed yet on the podcast. Just like we did for the first five selections, we've got three more to go, and we're going to cover them right now. We'll start with DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' sixth-round pick, number 212 overall. He's a safety from Pittsburgh, 23 years old. He turns 24 next March. He's a native of McNeese Rocks, Pennsylvania. Played wide receiver and cornerback in high school. He also lettered in basketball and track. He was a four-star recruit, had over 30 offers, 
and he chose to stay close to home and commit to Pittsburgh. In 2016, he was redshirted due to a sports hernia that required three different procedures to fix. Then from 2017 to 2020, he started 40 games for Pittsburgh, had 290 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 27 pass breakups, and six interceptions. In 2020, he led the team in tackles and was a team captain. He was originally a cornerback at Pittsburgh, and he switched to safety in 2017, and that is notable because the Bills prefer safeties that are converted cornerbacks. That's true about Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Jaquan Johnson, and now Damar Hamlin. Hamlin comes in at six foot and seven eighths of an inch, 200 pounds, has 32 and a quarter inch arms, nine and an eighth inch hands. He ran a four six 40 yard dash. That's the 30th percentile among safeties. A one four six 10 yard split. That's the 98th percentile. So he's quicker than he is fast. So he gets going in a hurry, but when he opens his stride, he doesn't necessarily have a lot of uh, speed. 35-inch vertical jump, that's the 42nd percentile. 118-inch broad jump, that's the 33rd percentile. Had a 6.93 three-cone drill, that's the 65th percentile. Had a 4.4 short shuttle, that's the 12th percentile. And 18 bench press reps, which is the 63rd percentile. He's basically a very average athlete. Hamlin was the 197th ranked player on my personal draft board, and I will read you this summary of my scouting report that I wrote on Hamlin. I said, a four-year starter at Pittsburgh, DeMar Hamlin enters the NFL with significant experience under his belt. As Hamlin's career progressed, his role in the secondary continued to expand with plenty of opportunities to function as a deep safety in the box and from the slot. His ability to operate in a variety of roles while bringing a balanced skill set as a run and pass defender makes Hamlin an appealing prospect. Hamlin is a smart processor, is always around the football, is enthusiastic as a tackler, has good ball skills, and has good coverage awareness. In so many ways, Hamlin has proven to be a reliable and consistent defender in college, but his skill set across the board is ordinary and his frame is lean, lacking any standout traits. Hamlin is boringly consistent across the board. While I don't foresee Hamlin becoming an impact playmaker in the NFL, he can be viewed as a developmental starter that brings depth to a number of spots in the secondary. I said his ideal role is a split zone safety, and his scheme fit is best at zone. So what do I like about this pick? I think he's a Dean Marlowe clone. I literally think everything the Bills had in Dean Marlowe, they get back in DeMar Hamlin. Now, you can't replace the experience in Sean McDermott's system, but stylistically, physically, in terms of the roles he can play, he's literally Dean Marlowe 2.0. He has experience at cornerback, and he's a good fit for this defense. And I know that there's a lot of parallels between his background to what the Bills typically can prefer in safeties, and they like those guys with cornerback backgrounds. And I would say that he's a smart physical player that is a good tackler, is always around the ball, and is urgent in terms of the way he plays the game. What do I not like about the pick? I wouldn't say there's a whole lot I don't like about this pick. I don't want to force things, but I wish he was maybe a little bit younger. I wish he was more dynamic as an athlete. I wish he had more experience on special teams. That's probably the number one thing. For a guy that 
played as often as he did for Pitt. You know, 40 games as a starter. He hasn't really played much on special teams. For his entire career, only 19 reps on the kick coverage unit, 52 reps on the punt return unit, and he was never on the kick return or punt coverage unit. So for a guy that you profile as a depth safety, you wish that he came into the NFL with more experience on special teams because that's going to be critical for him in the NFL and what he's going to be asked to do. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, Ring Shore, to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds that are responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Let's talk about Richard Wild Goose, the Bills' six-round pick, number 213 overall, a cornerback from Wisconsin, 20 years old. He turns 21 in June, a native of Miami, Florida. He went to Wisconsin, and from 2018 to 2020, he played in 25 games with 17 starts. He recorded 44 tackles, five tackles for loss, 15 pass breakups, and one interception. Comes in at 5'11", 197, 31 and an eighth inch arms, nine and three eighth inch hands, Ran a 4-5-3 40-yard dash. That's the 37th percentile. A 1-5 10-yard split. That's the 85th percentile. 36-inch vertical jump. That's the 52nd percentile. 7-0-9 3-cone drill. That's the 21st percentile. And a 4-1-8 short shuttle drill. And that's the 45th percentile. Finally, 11 reps of 225 pounds on the bench press. That's the 21st percentile. So overall, Average size, average athlete. I didn't have Richard Wild Goose in my region for the draftnetwork.com, but I still evaluated the player. Here are some of my notes from my film study. Over the course of his career, he spent about half of his snaps inside at the slot corner position and the other half outside. So you love that flexibility to play inside and outside. There's no guesswork. He's done both. And he played for a, real, a really good defensive coordinator in Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, and that will prepare him well for life in the NFL. 
He's an aggressive player and has good quickness. He's a guy that, you know, his timed athleticism is not very good, but I saw quick feet and the ability to transition cleanly. I think that he has reasonable man coverage ability and good transitional quickness, and he was trusted to play quite a bit of man coverage at Wisconsin, and honestly, he didn't give up much. He was pretty he was pretty good at making sure that his man was taken care of and that big plays weren't coming against his coverage. The thing that I'm concerned about with him is that he's a lot more of a reactive player that doesn't necessarily have natural coverage awareness. What I mean by that is there is certain things that cornerbacks do in terms of feeling route stems and where it's taking you, understanding route depth and when to close, uh, understanding when double moves are coming. He's a guy that's more reactive. He doesn't anticipate those things very well, and that's to be expected for a guy that's only played in 25 games with 17 starts at the college level. So it's definitely something that he's working on, but uh, he's not super polished when it comes to actually mirroring and responding and anticipating routes and route concepts. You wish he was a better tackler. That's kind of surprising to me, uh, given you know a Wisconsin corner, Jim Leonard, you saw some really inconsistent tackling. Not that he wasn't willing or aggressive. He just didn't have consistent success getting guys on the ground. For a guy that plays man coverage or projects well to man coverage, you wish that he had more athleticism. He's just an average athlete. And for a guy that is going to be a bottom-of-the-roster cornerback for you, hopefully, he, again, like Damar Hamlin, is pretty modest when it comes to special teams experience. Um, I will say this. He has a lot of fans out there. PFF had a third-round grade on Wild Goose, and Lewis Riddick from ESPN was a big fan of this player. So um, I'm pretty lukewarm on him. I think I have expectations that are that of a sixth-round pick. I don't know that he's going to overachieve, but I do recognize that he has plenty of fans out there. So what do I like about this pick? Uh, Number one, that he has some appeal in man coverage. He has versatility to play inside and outside, and that it was at least some investment at the cornerback position. And I trust McDermott and Bean when it comes to cornerbacks. They have a great track record of developing defensive backs and I guess I just wanted them to get bodies in here that they believed in. And so while I'm lukewarm on Wild Goose, the fact that the Bills invested a pick and have some belief and level of faith in him, that makes me happy. What I don't like about Wild Goose is that the natural instincts aren't present in coverage. I want him to tackle better, and I wish he was more athletic for a guy that has appeal in man coverage. The last draft pick, Jack Anderson, seventh round, 236 overall. He's a guard from Texas Tech, 22 years old, turns 23 in October. He's a native of Parker, Colorado. His family moved to Frisco, Texas when he entered the eighth grade, and he played offensive tackle and center in high school. He was a pretty big-time recruit, four-star recruit, had 40 offers, more than 40 offers. All the big names that you can imagine offered him a scholarship, and he chose Texas Tech because his dad, uncle, and sister all went there, so he kept the family lineage going when it comes to Texas Tech. Was a 38-game starter at right guard for Texas Tech. He did miss all but three games in 2019 with a shoulder injury that required surgery. He comes in at 6'4 and 5'8", 314 pounds, 31 and 7 eighth inch arms and 10-inch hands. Ran a 5-2-7 40-yard dash, that's the 57th percentile. 1-7-8 10-yard split, the 62nd percentile. 29 and a half inch vertical jump. That's the 72nd percentile. 
105-inch broad jump, that's the 72nd percentile. 788 three-cone drill, that's the 43rd percentile. 483 short shuttle, that's the 37th percentile. 27 bench press reps, which is the 61st percentile. So he's a slightly above average athlete, and he's got pretty good size, but, I mean, the length is pretty bad, sub-32-inch arms. He was the number 217 overall player on my personal draft board, so it's a perfectly fine range for him to go at number 236 overall in terms of how I valued the player. Uh, This is some of my notes from film study on him. I said he projects well to zone blocking and has some appeal at center. He uh, played center in high school, and he did some work as a center at the Senior Bowl, although that didn't go very well. Uh, He has strong hands. He's aggressive as a blocker. You see the mean streak. He's a guy that is explosive into contact and wants to move bodies. He has quick feet, and he is excellent on the move. So a player that I thought is really good working laterally, climbing to the second level, pulling, connecting with moving targets. He has all of that ability. Uh, He has a hot motor, blocks with an edge. Uh, Some concerns that I have is that he lacks length. He needs to play with better control of his frame. Uh, You see him on the ground a fair amount, and you just wish that he was more coordinated, if you will. Um, He has modest overall pop in his punch, and he can be tardy with his hands. And the last thing that I have down is that he's more of a developmental backup type player than a guy that I think has true starter traits. So what do I like about the pick? Number one, the Bills needed a developmental option on the interior. We talked about this yesterday when we covered the Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle picks. The only offensive linemen entering the draft that were signed beyond this season were the starters. The Bills didn't really have any developmental depth that was interesting at the offensive tackle position, and now they have somebody here in Jack Anderson who has some appeal as a developmental backup type player. You know, Maybe in, in time they get... Somebody like an Ike Bakker that wound up playing meaningful snaps and being a an important starter for the team last year that went to the AFC Championship game. So I like that there is a developmental option for the interior offensive line. I like that he's experienced, plenty of game experience at the college level, and that he's a good zone blocker, which is the style of blocking that the Bills are transitioning more towards when you compare the 2019 numbers to the 2020 numbers. And so they need guys that fit more that zone style of rushing. What I don't like about the pick is that Anderson lacks length. Versatility is a question. I know he played center in high school and he tried to do it at the senior bowl, but I don't think we have much to stand on that tells us for sure today that he's a guy that can play both guard and center. And so I do have some fear that he's a guard only. And overall, I don't think there's a super high ceiling with Anderson, which is somewhat expected for a guy picked in the seventh round. But in the late rounds, you know, sixth, seventh round, I like to see players that have plus athleticism or or really good size, you know, has some type of physical trait that you point to and say, okay, this is why they can overachieve where they're drafted. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low 
and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Let's close out the podcast today by giving you my final overall thoughts on the Bills draft class. We've covered each player in depth, talked about literally everything you need to know about those players, the skill sets that they have, their background, what they did in college, all that stuff. But what I want to do now is kind of tie a ribbon on this discussion. And so I wrote an article for the draftnetwork.com on Monday that recaps the Bills draft class. And within it, you're going to find similar things to what I said about each player on the podcast so far, but the introduction and closing paragraphs of that article, I thought really tied it all together. It really talks about what the Bills accomplished in this draft. And so I actually want to read that to you. And I really like the way that it came together and how my message was delivered in that writing. And so I don't often read things to you on the podcast, but I think this is just the best way that I can say the way that I feel about this draft class. And so if it sounds like I'm reading, I am, but it's something that I wrote. So um, I feel comfortable doing that here today on the podcast in this final segment. So here you go. The Bills were positioned well to attack the 2021 draft without a glaring need to fill. Prior to the draft, general manager Brandon Bean assembled a deep, talented, and balanced roster which enabled him to let the board fall to him. Because of that, the Bills were able to focus on investing their draft capital on intriguing developmental options with elite physical traits at premium positions, and that's exactly what Buffalo accomplished. It can be argued that the Bills could have been more aggressive to attack the Super Bowl window that is clearly open in 2021, but Bean prefers to keep that window open for as long as possible with the infusion of talented but raw prospects he added in the draft. Unless it's a quarterback, NFL teams are rarely ever one player away, and it's even less often a rookie. While there may not be many contributions in 2021 from this draft class, that was the same perception many had after Buffalo's 2020 draft, and it turned out to be anything but the truth. In two losses to the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020, and one of those coming in the AFC Championship game, Patrick Mahomes was way too comfortable dicing up the Bills' defense behind a stale Buffalo pass rush. After missing out on a date with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, Buffalo stayed home and watched the Tampa Bay defense harass Mahomes in ways it never could and hoist the Lombardi Trophy as a result. The Bills' brass evaluated the situation and clearly made a concerted effort to find more options to get after the quarterback and make sure they can apply more heat on Mahomes and all the quarterbacks they face in the future. The need to find more ways to affect the quarterback was a clear theme for the Bills in this draft. The second thought that comes to mind in reflecting on the Bills' selections is that many of them replace the few but underrated losses the Bills have endured in the offseason. Buffalo does return 21 of 22 starters, but that doesn't mean there weren't important departures. In Basham Jr., the Bills have an option to fill the role Buffalo envisioned in Quinton Jefferson and lost in the 2019 offseason in Shaq Lawson. Brown and Doyle gave the Bills two options to serve 
as the swing tackle avoid left behind by the departure of Ty Inseki. Stevenson can be the replacement for Andre Roberts in the run game, which was arguably the most significant loss of the offseason for the Bills. Lastly, Hamlin can step into the role left behind by Marlowe, who provided valuable depth to the Bills' secondary at safety and slot corner in addition to special teams. The 2021 NFL Draft represents an effort to get better at rushing the passer and finding young options to replace roles left by departing veterans. That's a job well done by Buffalo. That's how I feel about the draft. Maybe it didn't look exactly how you wanted it to. But if you remember, the very first thing that I said to you when we really started talking draft on this podcast, I said, you cannot marry yourself to any one possibility, any one outcome, any one thing that you want to see happen in the draft. That's not how it works. The Bills are picking 30th in the draft. And Bean has his own perception of the talent available and his roster. And so if you are going to sit around and be disappointed simply because the Bills didn't pick a cornerback higher in the draft than you wanted them to, and because of that you think that this draft is a failure, that's a poor way of looking at it. You have to ask yourself, what did they accomplish? What did the Bills accomplish in the draft? They got better at rushing the passer. That's significant. That's literally the second most important thing in football outside of having good quarterback play, being able to affect quarterbacks with your pass rush is the second most important part of football. And the Bills made substantial investments in being able to do that better this year. They were able to find high-quality developmental options for the offensive line where that was currently missing. They were able to find guys later in the draft that can fill roles left by departing veterans, whether that's Dean Marlowe or Andre Roberts. I think the Bills did a really nice job. No, it doesn't look exactly like I thought it would. No, it doesn't look exactly how I would have done it. But when I take a step back and I reflect upon exactly what they accomplished, I recognize what that was and how that's valuable. And I have no other choice but to be intellectually honest and say they did a nice job. That's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. We got more discussion coming your way the rest of the week. On Wednesday, it's herd mentality. On Thursday, I'm going to do a 53-man roster projection and cover the undrafted free agents that the Bills added to the roster as of the recording of this podcast on uh, Monday afternoon, the Bills UDFA class was not announced. So we will get to that on Thursday. And then Friday is going to be a fun one. Bruce Nolan is joining the podcast for what would we have done in the draft against what Brandon Bean accomplished. So we are going to go pick by pick and tell you the selections that we would have made that Brandon Bean didn't. Or sometimes we might agree with Bean. So that's always a fun episode. We did it last year, and we're doing it again on Friday this week. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.